How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Hey, what's going on? It's Metal Shop and Metal Shop's Backstage Pass podcast. Right now, I'm talking with Chase Mason from Gate Creeper. Released an unexpected reality. Dropped on closed casket activities out of nowhere. Appropriate title. Appropriate for the times that we're living in. And then, of course, uh, for just surprise dropping a record. Uh, first off, Chase, it's been a while. Uh, how are you doing? How was the last 10, 11 months off from touring? Strange reality we're living in. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Uh, past uh, year or so, almost. Or I guess we're coming up on a year now. Yeah, uh, been pretty boring, but uh, been trying to stay busy. So I'm doing all right. Could be worse. Uh, if you follow Chase on social media, you see that he got a gold tooth during quarantine or during the pandemic. Tell me about the process. <laughs> so you went down to was it Mexico City or? Yeah, yeah, Mexico City. So was that the reason for the trip? Because I follow no, that guy. I, Thanks to you, I follow that guy on social media now. He does yeah. some really cool gold teeth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't the the reason to go down there. Um, I actually had a friend that I was meeting down there. Um, but while I was preparing to go down there and I was you know, asking some friends of, different things to do and you know like i'm into the tattoos and stuff so mm-hmm. people were like recommending me tattoo artists and someone uh recommended me that the place that, that ended up getting my gold tooth and i was sort of familiar with it because um they they put gold teeth in a lot of like tattoo artists yeah um and a lot of tattoo artists go down to mexico city to, you know they'll stay there for a couple weeks and tattoo um so i was like oh yeah that is there um so i just messaged them and ended up getting it done while i was down there how was it down there were things a lot more open up was it uh less restrictions or about the same i'd say it's about the same okay i mean everything you know everybody had masks and Mm -hmm. you know they take your temperature when you go into places and uh yeah i think it i think it was uh the same if not maybe even a little bit more cautious than my experience in the u.s Fair enough. Uh, so you mentioned that, you know, kind of boring last 10 months, obviously, um, for a lot of us. Uh, how are you staying sane? How you been staying sane during this time? I mean, obviously, the the release of the album, we've kind of seen what's, uh, what's <laughs> probably kept you sane. But aside from, you know, writing the record. Um, I've done a, you know, I've done a little bit of traveling. Yeah. Um, and I've watched a lot of tv uh <laughs> i watched about uh 20 seasons of survivor okay um and lots of other shows uh i moved i, I still live in you know the same area in the phoenix area but i moved yeah. um and yeah it worked on the record and and the, the record was kind of a weird thing because i was w- writing it and recording it and working on you know the releases of the release of it but um it was all a secret so yeah. it was a, it was a uh, it was an interesting challenge. It kept me it kept me busy, but I also couldn't really talk about it. Yeah. I mean, my friends and and whoever else knew about it, but it wasn't something that I was like, if you know, you're talking about social media, or whatever. Like, I didn't le- I, I let on that I wasn't working on anything. You know, I want to get into that, but the, the the first thing that I saw of anything was I'm a subscriber to Decibel Magazine, and you guys took out an ad for, or a closed casket took out an ad or something uh, for the full back uh, of the uh, current issue, which has Nervosa on the cover, and I looked at the back, I was like, 
Oh, new gate creepers coming. Something's up, man, because it was your logo <laughs> and it said coming soon or or it just said unexpected reality. I can't remember exactly. Didn't give too much details, but it, it was just that little nugget that was like, all right, something's cool. Something's coming yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, we did that on purpose. Um, Justin, who who uh, my friend, Justin, who who runs close connect close casket activities is a, a pretty good friend of mine yeah. these days. And uh, we worked you know, really closely together on everything. And we kind of, you know, Decibel was uh, a magazine that we're, we have a, a good relationship with. And we, yeah. they were one of the few people or definitely one of the few media outlets that we gave the go ahead to, yeah. you know, like we gave them the, the heads up because I mean, they kind of played a whole part in it because, you know, this record came about after our Decibel tour got canceled. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just, we have a good relationship with them. So we, we told them about it Yep, and uh, we wanted to put an ad and it was still, we were unsure when it was going to come out um, because, you know, we wanted, we did a surprise release, but we wanted to wait until we had the actual records in our hand yeah. before we released it. Um, and you know that we had some setbacks, some delays with the pressing plant, but we were like, all right, let's do an ad. Um, and not put any information on it, mm-hmm. you know, like just put, it just has the art and it, uh, just says gate creeper, unexpected reality. It doesn't say what it is. Mm-hmm. doesn't say who's putting it out. doesn't say, um, what, you know, when, yeah. And it's just something we just wanted to put out there like a, kind of like a, like an old school teaser. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, and that's totally how I took it too. And it just kind of got me anticipated and, and it's better than, I mean, you can't, I can't knock any band for, you know, doing whatever they're doing, you know. I'm not a musician myself, so I can't really uh, criticize, but some bands will just be like a teaser of a teaser, you know, an announcement of yeah. an announcement. Yeah, um, exactly. That's a that's definitely a pet peeve of mine. Um, and I, I think this whole thing, you know, the whole shutdown of everything, uh, you know, shutdown of live music in particular, yeah. um, artists are having a you know some having more difficult time than others to just sit down and you know be quiet for a little while i think even in in normal times you know bands have a hard time like you know if you don't have anything to post about you don't have to post anything you know you don't have to uh post that you're going to be making an announcement next week you can just wait until you have to make the announcement you know um so it's been kind of um, and it's been an interesting time for everybody. So I, this record and it, the way that we launched the record was in response to all of that and kind of like, um, go, you know, do it, go against how we would normally yeah. do it and maybe do the things in a way that, you know, I've been tinkering with or I've, I've wanted to do and, and almost in a way that I want to do it differently than, uh, you know, I've watched other bands do things or other records come out and I've seen, I, I, you know, just thinking about, I want to do that differently. Yeah. You know, I think you guys are in a great spot for that because you put out deserted, uh, and, and, um, you know, you got that, you know, big push. You didn't do a ton of touring on it, but you guys are on that level. Now you got a lot of followers. You got a lot of, uh, visual, uh, you got a, a lot of, uh, eyes and ears on you guys. Um, so that you don't, so then when this happens, you don't have to constantly be feeling like you have to post stuff to stay relevant. Um, yeah. is, is, is uh, like if you were a band that maybe didn't have as much, you weren't a- as out there as much, maybe didn't have that, you know, deserted, uh, or you were waiting to release that or something, maybe you would feel the need to like kind of flood people with more like, Hey guys, we're still here. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, we were definitely, um, lucky in that sense. Yeah. You know, we only, you know, deserted came out in you know, October, 2019 and we got to do one tour. Yep. Um, with ex- exhumed. And- yeah, yeah. That was badass. And 2020 was going to be our most heavy tour schedule mm-hmm. year ever, um, you know, because it was still in that album cycle. We were going to do a couple U.S. tours. We were going to do European tours, like South America, all all kinds of stuff. So um, as far as in our position, you're right. Like we, we, we already – you know, we're able to establish ourselves. We yeah. had a good couple of years before, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause some bands, you know, they could be putting out their first record 
right now or in yep. 2020 yep. or you know just starting to do more touring so i i think everybody got the the rug you know pulled out from under them but we were at least established enough so like you said um we didn't feel that like oh people are going to forget about us yeah. for a couple months so i mean that's definitely something that I, I i battled with um but i did feel much more comfortable um with our position because you know we've been working hard for uh, you know several years um and we were able to have our sort of breakthrough or whatever you know before this all happened so i'm i'm, I'm grateful for that for sure you mentioned that uh, the Decibel Tour. Now, that was something that was going to hit Seattle with Mayhem, Aboth, you guys, uh, and Idle Hands. I think they changed their name. Idle Hands changed their name, too. Yeah, Unto Others, I believe. Unto Others. Uh, but so you guys were about to. Um, I actually got your, your tour t-shirt because you got those printed up, uh, not yeah. knowing the tour was going to be canceled. Uh, so tell me, like, how close to getting on the road were you guys? Oh, I mean, we were, we were packed up and ready to go. Um, I think that the tour got canceled two days before it started. Jesus. Um, you know, cause everybody in my band, uh, we're kind of spread out now. Yeah. So, um, we got everybody into town like a couple days up beforehand to practice. Um, we loaded up our trailer. We got all of our merch loaded up and like sorted and put into bins and all that. Like we were ready, yeah. packed up to go. And one night when we were practicing, it was probably about three days out from the uh, the, sh- the first show, maybe four days. We heard rumblings of, you know, hey, uh, this. I think originally it was like two of the shows. Hey, these shows in California are, are getting canceled. Probably Seattle too. Yeah, because yeah, Seattle we was one of the of, first. Yeah, you know, like uh, things weren't that crazy in the U.S. yet. You know, like yeah, we, yeah, just, yeah. we heard about it in the news, but it wasn't like in our in our own backyard yet. Yeah. So we were like, oh, that's weird. And then things happened so fast. By the next day, um, it was just like, hey, the whole tour is probably getting canceled. Yeah. And then next morning was the morning we were supposed to leave because we were going to give ourselves like two days to get to the first show. And we kind of got the calls like, Hey, you guys should just stay home. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, everything it was, I mean, shows definitely were the first kind of thing to get shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, because I remember being at home in Phoenix and being like, Oh, my tour's canceled. I guess I'm just going to like hang out. And I remember going out, like things weren't shut down as far as like restaurants Mm -hmm. and all that stuff, I think for probably like another week. Um, but I, in the grand scheme of things, things happened really fast, I think. Yeah. Uh, I remember the last time I went to, uh, we went out to get dim sum and, uh, everyone was like, man, this is, this is sketchy. I don't know. At least we can still eat out. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Uh, so you, you guys didn't, um, really tease the album much. Um, and you guys didn't like, you know, have a big, uh, traditional rollout of the new album, which, by the way, mm. if you're tuning in right now, it's an unexpected reality by Gate Creeper out now. Uh, why, why the uh, surprise drop though? Why just like drop it? What, what, what was the reasoning behind that, man? Um, there's a couple different reasons. Um, one being the music itself, since you know, from the beginning, the goal was to do something that was a little bit different than we usually do musically. Totally. Um, you know, it was supposed to be like two, two ends of the spectrum, like faster or faster than we usually play and yeah. slow and more drawn out. And I almost wanted it to be like a split, like with our own band. That's cool. Yeah. Like one side, you know, one side is the fast side. Uh, the B side is the slow side, you know, the, the vinyl, um, the vinyl for it is the ideal format because it has this fast side and the slow side, yeah. you know? Um, so because it was a little bit different and, you know, a lot of the songs are short and either really short or really long, I didn't want to do the rollout of like, cause usually you just put out one song and then a couple weeks later, another yep. song, I didn't want to release one song at a time. Yeah. Um, so that was a reason for doing the surprise or for just not doing the traditional rollout, the surprise also, you know, it came into it because I think that we're all just, you know, 
overwhelmed and there's just all kinds of things that are being thrown at us Mm -hmm. over the past year. Just we're constantly on our phones. Um, There's always some crazy something that's happening in the news, mostly bad news. And we're just have all this data and all this content or whatever just thrown at us always. And I feel like we're all just kind of burnt out. So um, I didn't want to, you know, string people along. I just wanted to be like, boom, here's a new record, you know, and uh, we weren't sure how it was going to do. I mean, you know, you you listen to all kinds of different music and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, like more pop or like rap albums. That's how they do it now. Totally. You know, it's just, it just comes out. The, the, The difference being that they don't usually have like a physical product. Yeah. So like say future or something has a, a new album drop. It's probably not going to have vinyl. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a little bit easier that way to just record and just release it. So like I uh, mentioned earlier that we, it took a little bit longer than we wanted to because yeah. we, we had all the physical products, but um, you know, we're, it's almost been out a week now officially. And I think it, it did well and as well, or maybe even better than, yeah. last record which we did a long rollout for so um it was an experiment that you know went pretty well we're all pretty happy about it that's awesome i think those songs are going to go well in a set too like if you decide to when when you come back you know maybe that long one is going to be a, a nice uh ending uh song for like a like a headlining set or wherever you choose to do it but just those lo- those fast thrashy ones kind of you know you got a napalm death poster behind you kind of very yeah. you know napalm death kicking the ass anthems yeah i mean that that was something that we were thinking about when we were writing it but um you know like w- yeah we're making a new record uh but also it's like you know we're we're adding more songs to our catalog yeah. and where all these fast ones will be good to, to pepper into our set, you know, cause usually it's kind of mid tempo or, or slower songs, um, is our normal speed. So it'll be cool to pepper these in, you know, to spice it up in the set, you know? So, uh, and you can answer this or not answer it, uh, just depending on, you know, if you're allowed to t- say or not, but, um, was there a talk about putting this out on relapse or did you just want to do it with closed casket? Or are you guys still a relapse band or, um, you know, we've did, we've done, uh, two records, um, on relapse, yeah. actually more than that, but, um, we've done records in between, like we did a, we did a seven inch with closed casket already, yeah. uh, in 2017 and, uh, you know, we have a long history with Closed Casket, even maybe further than Relapse, because um, our first record, Sonora Deprivation, when we recorded it, it was originally supposed to come out with, on a different label on uh, A389. Yeah, shout out Dom. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So Dom was going to put it out, but it was right around the time that he was slowing his label down. So we, we wrote, we, I mean, we recorded it. And when it was done, we sent it to Dom and he's like, yeah, this is really good. Um, I'm kind of slowing my label down. Okay. And I don't think I'm going to, I won't be able to put in as much as this record deserves is what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, I'm going to send it to relapse and some other or whatever else. And they're like, Whoa, you know? it, it, it seemed kind of like insane or it seemed like what, a pretty absurd be like oh okay well i guess that just means that we need to find someone else to put it out yeah um, didn't expect so much talking other labels and closed casket was one of them okay and but then you know we got the call from relapse and that's how it all worked out but since then we've had a, a good relationship with closed casket we did a sweltering madness seven inch with him in 2017 um so pretty much as soon as this idea was concocted for this record yeah um I hit up Justin and asked him if he wanted to do it. So it, it, there was never really talk of it, putting it out on any other label. Cool. And and I'm I'm glad that we did because, like I said, Justin's a good friend of mine now, and he was down for anything that we wanted to do, whether it was put our an ad in the back of Decibel that didn't mm-hmm. have his label logo on yep. it at all, or doing a surprise, um, or any of the stuff that we wanted to do, he was, there was no pushback at all. And I was able to be very hands on. So it all worked out. 
And shout out to Closed Casket, too. I mean, they put out some really awesome records in the past, too. The God's Hate, Vane, you know, a lot of metallic hardcore, a lot of... Uh, Gulch. Yep, Gulch. That record was huge, too. And and that's one thing about Closed Casket activities, and this past year has been insane. You guys, uh, from dropping the album Surprise uh, drop, you guys have sold out of, what, like two pressings now? Almost immediately? <laughs> That's yeah, wild. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah, I think there's some of that. Yeah, thank you. Um, the first press, I think, sold out on the first day. And, uh, you know, we already had the second press ready to go because we kind of thought that that would be the case, but we weren't sure. Um, but I think that we still have uh, some of the second second press going. So I'm almost, a- it's almost gone, though, I think. I'm I'm probably going to get some hate from this, but I bought it on CD because I play CDs in my car. Uh, I still like physical copies of things. I like to read the lyrics, but I do have a vinyl collection. But I really, if I really want to listen to it on a daily basis, I want to get the CD. So I just bought the CD. Uh, how do That's you cool. listen? How do you listen to music? Do you do you prefer vinyl at home? Uh, do you do CD? Do you do digital? Um, you know, are you a Pandora guy? <laughs> um, I'm kind of in a in a weird spot. Uh, like I'll buy, I like if I write if I like a record, I'll buy it. Yeah. But say that I I own the record, I'll probably listen to it more often digitally. Yeah. Even though I own the record, just out of convenience. For sure. You know, like on my on my computer working on something, I'll just throw it on Spotify, or I'm on my phone. You know, I'm like got my my AirPods in or whatever. You know, like it's. It's a matter of convenience, mm-hmm. um, but I do like buying the records not only to like support, but also because um, it's cool, you know, like to have the the art really big. Oh yeah, you know? oh yeah. I mean, the CD the CDs are cool too, and they they have their its own uh, special vibe to it, you know. But um, there's a nostalgia for me with CDs. I've, I've actually, yeah. since I got a CD, I had a cassette player in my car for years, and I just recently got an upgrade. You know you have to special order uh, stereos now to have a CD player in it? I believe it. <laughs> it was just a, it was just like a, uh, you know an audio receiver for all things digital, but I was like, I need the CD, so I had to special order. Anyway, so there's like a special like nostalgia of me of, of with CDs now, so I'm kind of in this weird CD phase. It's yeah. way... way Way behind the times, but anyways, you were saying. No, I, I, I think I mean CDs are cool. Yeah, I think CDs are cool. Um, I think that as far as the size of it is, is cool. Like for the vinyl. Oh you know? yeah. Uh, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, the quality is better or whatever, because it's probably at least for me, the quality is probably the best listening to it digitally. Yeah. Um, but I like having just the physical weight and size of holding the vinyl in my For hand, sure. you know? So, uh, one thing I, I, when I was talking about my car and whatnot, I remembered you leveled up this year, you got a Beamer and yeah. you got the most bitchin' license plate. It says yeah. poser. <laughs> Tell me about the decision yeah. to put poser on your license plate. Um, well, I mean, it's kind of a, like kind of a, I mean, it is a joke. Um, yeah. But I got that car. I kind of, this year I've kind of had a weird year where, um, you know, I've been playing music for forever, but I've been playing music full time as my job for four years now. Yeah, and uh, you know, in in those years and and Gay Creeper, you know, breaking through or you know getting some level of like popularity or whatever mm-hmm. it is you know, that brings a lot of people that are, you know, want to, want to hate on you. Oh yeah. And, uh, I'm very aware of it and I have pretty thick skin as far as, you know, if people are just, you know, gay creeper is gay creeper sucks. Uh, you know, I don't, if people don't like my band, that's fine. Um, Oh, I saw you share a meme page that was basically just dissing on you guys. Like, I, yeah, (laughs) you guys, I, uh, when I followed you on Instagram, you you, like put it on your story of like this specific (laughs) gate creeper hating meme page. Yeah. That's a new level. I mean, I feel like that just comes with the territory. The more people that you you reach, there's going to be a percentage of people who, who don't like what you do and that's fine. Yeah. Some people get a little personal with it. Um, and long story short, I think people's. I've been called a poser for some reason, um, which 
it's kind of funny to me. But um, w- when I got that car, you know, thanks to, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I had some good years. Yeah. Uh, I was able to, to do some good things for myself. Um, so I bought that car and I, it's white. And I posted a picture of it on Instagram and someone, a couple people were like, that's not a metal car, you know, like, uh, and just the fact of having a nice car, I think people, you know, like super underground people are like, oh, wow, you have a nice car. So that means that you're a poser. Um, so I just kind of, you know, ran with it and I got the, the custom license plate that said poser. So I think it's funny. <laughs> it is funny. I, that reminds me of uh, when when Ian and I first started doing Metal Shop. We we um, sometimes do stage announcements and introduce bands, and we introduced this show at El Corazon or um, yeah, El Corazon. It was a smaller show, so it wasn't like you know tons and tons of people, but. Uh, we got up there to announce, uh, like, I think it was a death metal show, and this guy goes, you guys don't look metal, posers. It's like, How? I mean, what, okay, I, I, what am I supposed to say to that? All right, I guess you're yeah. right. Uh, which We which, play metal on the radio, I mean, like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're even, if you're going to break it down into what a poser is, it's someone is pretending to be something that you're not. Yeah. So if you don't actually look like the part, isn't that not being a poser? If you're just being yourself. Um, It's just a word that people throw around and I think it's stupid. Um, I think it's kind of a, a a lazy diss on somebody. Um, But it's also, I think it's a hilarious license plate. Absolutely, man. So, uh, (laughs) I just had to bring that up. So, uh, one thing that hit me hard, uh, and I don't have the lyrics yet, but just the title of it, and you've answered this before, but I'm, I'm sober. I've been sober for about five years now. You, you've been open about your, uh, you know, past the sobriety and being sober, was it eight or nine years now? Eight. Eight years. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there's a song on the new, uh, album called Sick of Being Sober. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know you've answered this in a couple interviews, but could you break down the meaning of that for us? Because someone seeing that might be like, oh, no, this is a cry for help. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, as as of a lot of things, um, and it's particular on this record, it's like uh, I wrote a lot of the lyrics about way more personal things than I usually do. Yeah. Because uh, – along with the music being different, I wanted to, the vocals to be, or at least the lyrics to be different. Um, and in typical gay creeper songs, I don't really write in the first person. It could be about something that happened in my life or my own yeah. feelings, but I, it's put in a little bit more abstract way or even more vague. And I usually don't write in the first person. So I'm not saying like I or anything like that, but on this record, almost all, if not, most if not all the songs are written like that and it's just about you know personal stuff in a, in a much more direct way and um so that song came about the title purposely titled it that which is kind of like being a little bit sarcastic you know um part of it is a is a a shout out to the chief keef song um, yeah hey being sober um and it's purposely it's supposed to be purposefully a little bit like uh dramatic but as far as the content of the song and the reasoning behind it is because um i remember around the time that i was writing it i I was having a lot of recurring dreams of of uh you know relapsing i guess you'd say which is something that i've always had but i was like for there was a, a spout of it happening every night every night every night maybe you're just thinking of your record label no, I'm just kidding. Anyways, yeah. keep going. <laughs> keep going. Um, and I was t- I was telling my friend about it, and they're like, "Oh, that sounds pretty. That's pretty extreme." And I started. I I wouldn't say that I was ever fully fantasizing about it, but um, the song is kind of about a fantasy of like, what if I just you know throw it all away right now? Yeah. And uh, it, it was kind of it's kind of like therapeutic in a way not not just writing about that but even thinking about it in that way and they say you know in recovery and you probably heard it the, the saying of like play the tape through mm-hmm. so it's like if you're thinking about oh I'm, i want to to drink today uh i want to to get high today and playing the tape through means that you know okay well if i get high what's going to happen 
the week after that, what's yep. going to happen from there? You know, like what's going to, uh, how's it going to end, mm-hmm. you know, and to have, give it some sort of perspective. So that song is pretty much me playing the tape through. I, it went, I, I've had those similar, uh, like dreams. And when I was talking to someone that I talked to about those kind of things, um, they mentioned and they kind of laughed and they said, well, were you high in your dream? I said, yeah. Well, did you get high in real life? No. Well, then that's a freebie and, and you didn't yeah. relapse. <laughs> I mean, a lot of my, a lot of those dreams that I have, um, it, I usually will like, I'm always miss. I'm never, uh, most of the time I'm not able to actually do the drugs okay. or, or whatever i'm like getting them or like i'm missing a piece i'm like trying to to it's all like the chase of it oh yeah um a few times i'm actually doing and a, a few times uh it's been so real that i wake up and i'm like oh no i shouldn't have done that yeah did and i realize like, oh no what did no. i do and it felt so real that i was like i woke up woke up with extreme guilt yeah um, but yeah i mean I, I guess that's all part of it I, i've stayed sober that's awesome. Still. That's not easy to do when you're on, when you're in like, uh, especially, you know, I mean, that's not easy for anyone when, when they've dealt with addiction, but it's not also probably not e- especially easy when you're in a death metal band that's touring, you know, sometimes pretty grimy places where you get drink tickets, you know, or you probably offered some things with some bands or some friends that, you know, might not always be easy to turn down, but that, that, that says a lot about your, your willpower. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm lucky um, you know, pretty much anyone bands that we tour with or whatever, you know, there's always the first night or two that people are like, Hey, come have a beer with us yeah. or, or whatever. And all I have to tell them is once, you know, I don't, I don't drink. This is why, or whatever yeah. it is. And that everybody's cool with it. I've never, never had an experience where someone's like, are you sure? Why not? You know? And also I'm really lucky that everyone in my band is pretty tame. You know, yeah. like I'm the only sober sober like in recovery person in my band at this point but but there's not the the pressure within the band Good. for me to to keep up with anybody like anybody in my band that parties it's at a very responsible level and yeah um i can't imagine touring with uh a different group of people it, it would be it would be a much harder thing not not just for my own sobriety but just you know, logistically on tour, you know, everybody keeps it together in a, in a, a super professional way. So I'm really thankful for that. Chase, can you imagine, uh, if, if you were, you were who you are now and you had to tour with who you were in the past? I can't, I, <laughs> I mean, there's probably a reason why I wasn't able to do I, even though I've been playing music since I was a, you know, a young teenager, gate creepers, the first band that I've actually been able to do anything with and to tour with, and I didn't start this band till after I was sober. Yeah. Um, and that's, there's probably a reason behind that, you know? And I, I've thought about that. Like I've, I can't imagine, you know, now looking back of years of touring and, and all this stuff that goes into yeah. it and for me, like the responsibilities and all that. I'm like, I, I don't know how, cause I have friends that do it. Um, you know, partying every night. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't, I can't imagine. Like I, I, I just couldn't do it. Uh, shout out to uh, Ace in the Forum of Passion podcast. I'm going to do a little callback to that because you had a, a great episode on that. And you mentioned that you were in the band Slut Sister. I didn't know that. And you also mentioned about Blogspot era of music. I downloaded Slut Sister from a Blogspot. So, you it's, know. It was probably from my blog. What was your blog? I, I had a blog called Infected Crypt. Ooh. I remember infect uh infected was it infected crypt out block spot? I I bet I had yeah. that as a Christ all martyr was my favorite. Oh yes. Um there was a whole a whole bunch Dude. of good ones. Um definitely in that era was like two thousand eight. Oh man. Media fire downloads. Um half my music yeah. catalog on MP three was probably from that. I just got like everything. That was in yeah. <sighs> R.I.P. The Media Fire Blogspot era. It was a good era. I mean, that's I was I was always obsessed with music and downloading music ever since like the Napster era mm-hmm. or whatever, and it went through uh, different phases or different mediums to to pirate music or to find new music. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that sort of stuff, like the blog, say the Blogspot Media Fire era, you know, you could look at it as just mass pirating of music, but there was also like 
kind of pre social media as we know it now, yeah. or, you know, it was almost more about the sharing of music, you know, like that was um, the tape trading of our generation. Yeah. And it's like, so for me, I had my own blog and it was like, Hey, this is the stuff that I like, mm-hmm. you know, like putting it out there and you could go onto somebody else's blog and it's kind of curated in a way where your fault, like you said, there was one that were your favorites and you could go to this blog and you would look at it every day and they would post something new and maybe you hadn't heard it before, but you already liked everything yeah. else that they had, had uh, recommended. So you're like, oh, I'm going to check this out because I, I trust this person's taste. Um, so yeah, it was like, it was pirating. Yes. It was stealing music. Yes. But also it was like opening the doors to new music for a lot of, a lot of people. I think of our, of our generation, it was a, it was a great way to find new music for me for sure. Oh, absolutely. You were a blog spot tastemaker. Damn. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so I have a couple questions here just about like the the grand scheme of things. Um, obviously, we're seeing the vaccine rollout here in the United States and all over the world. Um, you know, shows or tours are getting pushed back maybe the fall. Hopefully, that's what Fauci says. Fall, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, you can't really make too many plans here. But when it is deemed safe to go back to shows, do you feel like it's going to be a slow thing? Or do you think it's going to be like, Boom. Everyone's back on. Everyone's touring on top of each other. You know, crazy amount of shows all the time. What do you do you feel it's going to be slow or just like back with a bang? Um, I think it's going to be a mixture of both. Um, what I think is going to happen is that as soon as we get the go ahead to do shows, yes, everybody's going to try to go on tour and it's going to be slammed. Um, that's that's, you know, for certain going to happen. You know, like everybody's, me included, our band included, is like itching to get out there. So I think as soon as it's like, you know, bands have been lifted or whatever it is, people are going to get out there and there's going to be every band touring and there's going to be, in your city, there's going to be a show every night. Yeah. Which, in turn, I think the slow part is going to be, number one, I think people might be a little bit weirded out at first. You know, like I think... So, you know, some people they're like, I don't care what it is. I'm, I want to go to a show right now. Yeah. You know, I, I'd watch, you know, some old man fart into a microphone. I'd watch a three eleven cover band. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes, a lot of people, they're going to want to go out to a show. Yeah. There's going to be a certain percentage of people. They're like, I don't know. Sketched yet. out. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not sure if I want to do that. And then also contributing to the slow side, I think is that, you know, people have been, a lot of people's careers or jobs have mm-hmm. been impacted. So people aren't going to have the money to go to five shows a week. that yeah. are going to be coming through their tour, coming through their, uh, their city. And so it's going to be a little bit more selective, yeah. you know, cause there's going to, it's going to be oversaturated, but then there's not going to be enough, you know, in the economy for people to go to all those shows. So it's going to be hit or miss, but, um, we're just all sitting around waiting for the, for the go ahead, you know, I think once that sh- first like big, you know, show hits, maybe it's a stacked bill or, you know, a first big tour or something. Uh, when, once everyone's comfortable coming back, I feel like it's just going to be like such a celebration of life and just like, uh, people are going to be like, so like more stage dives than you've ever seen, you know, just like, yeah. <laughs> dude, it's going to be awesome. Um, I think actually the last stage dive I did was at a gate creeper show. It was during dying fetus. And, uh, and, uh, I just saw like people going off and at El Corazon, they're a little bit more liberal with it. And so I just went off and and did a stage dive during dying fetus. So good times. You didn't didn't hit that pole in the middle. No, no, I was on the other side. (laughs) Um, I always thought that was funny about that, uh, that venue. So big pole in the middle of the stage. Exactly. Uh, speaking of (laughs) stage dives, uh, I have to bring up, uh, I know it's probably still pretty raw, um, but uh, a couple years back, we saw you guys tour Power Trip. Mm-hmm. It was a Cannibal Corpse and Power Trip, Gate Creeper, amazing show uh, up at Numos. Numos, right? Yep, yeah. Numos. Incredible, incredible show. Um, this past year, we had the unfortunate news that Riley Gale, singer of Power Trip, awesome dude, uh, passed away. Um, mm-hmm. Would you like to share any memories you have with, with Riley? 
Yeah, I mean, I got a, you know, I've got plenty of good memories with them. You know, um, when our first record came out, um, Sonoran Deprivation, it was in October of 2016. Yeah, and uh, we had we had met Riley before. You know, I had read met him before that years before, just from him, you know, playing shows coming yep. through, and um, we he was me and him both kind of did the same thing as well at home. Like we would kind of work part-time for a promotion company. Yeah. So I think he was, when we were playing in Dallas, it was the day before our record was coming out. It was when we were on tour with Skeleton Witch, Iron Reagan and Oathbreaker. Yeah. I remember that tour. Kind of like our big, our big first big package tour. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, I think the tour started a, a week or two before our record at the time was coming out. Um, so our show was in Dallas and Riley was like working the show kind of, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't see him doing much work, Yeah, but he was kind of like, you know, he was the ambassador, um, for the promoter when we got there Yeah, and he was like, yeah, you guys can stay at, you can stay at my house. So we played the show, we hung out and then we went back to his house and we all hung out. And I remember it being really special because I remember, uh, he played us nightmare logic for the first time. It wasn't Ooh, out yet. It wasn't yeah. going to come out for a couple more months, but you know, obviously none of us had heard it yet, but we got done with the show. It was probably late at night. We went back on his, to his house and we were sitting on the couch and he played us this record for the first time. Yeah. Like, you know, um, we were all looking forward to new power trip music. So that was really cool. And then I remember waking up the next morning and it was like our first, you know, this is our first record on relapse our first like full length yeah in this like super um i don't know just like overwhelming feeling of being like oh, our, our record is out you yeah know, like waking up and people are texting me about like oh i heard the record and and all this stuff and i just i'll always associate that with riley because we were literally like waking up at his house at that time so that was a really good one and then you know later the next year we got to tour with with power trip yeah and uh that was, you know, a crazy tour, like you talk about with Power Trip and Cannibal Corpse. So it was like really cool venues and, you know, every show was awesome and we got to spend a lot of time with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, became pretty tight with them and kept in contact always. And if he were, their Power Trip has ever, we, we played a couple more shows with them since. Um, but, you know, if he was ever in Arizona, if, if we were ever in Texas, we'd always meet up and text back and forth all the time about yeah. music or whatever was going on. So it was definitely um, hit me pretty hard when, when we found out the news. And I just actually, I just finished up um, doing this record. So it was like, just a, it was a weird time. And, you know, yeah. it, it was impact was felt by a lot of people. Um, you know, as one of those people that made friends with everybody through all different circles of, so it's always cool. It's kind of bittersweet to see everybody, you know, paying their tributes afterwards to someone who, um, you have your own personal experience with and to see other people's experiences is really cool. Um, yeah. I remember peace. Yeah, absolutely. RIP Riley. I remember when he was in studio, um, we were having some fun and, and just ch- chatting about how, you know, there needs to be, you know, how back in the day they had that like uh clash of the Titans tour with like Megadeth and, and what was it like uh suicidal tendencies, all these bands that were like defining that generation. Right. And we were, yeah. we were saying like, there needs to be that tour for this generation and it needs to be like power trip gate creeper, uh, Code Orange, uh, Harm's Way, you know, Turnstile or, so, or something like that. You know, it's just like these heavy hitters of hardcore metal uh, and, 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 and all of that stuff. And and uh, it was just cool. I mean, I know that he definitely uh, looked at you in the similar light. So, yeah. Um, so uh, to pivot a little bit, um, you guys uh, have been labeled as uh, stadium death metal. I don't know if you created that uh, or, but uh, back in the nineties, uh, you know, with, with napalm death, like you have a poster in the background, uh, a napalm death and carcass and some, some bigger death metal bands due to Eric having a relationship with a major label. They were, 
you know, got major label. Uh, they were on a major label. Do you think that there will ever be a time where there will be a death metal band on a major label? I mean, there's not many major labels anymore. It's like four or five. Do you think there will ever be a time where you know you'll see a death, a legit death metal band on a major label? I don't think so. Um, I mean, there's like certain ceilings for different types of things. Yeah. Um, you know, like I feel like if your music doesn't have clean singing in it, um, there's a certain point that you can get to for sure. You know, like say like cannibal corpse, like they're the top They're They are like yeah. the top yeah. of the mountain and you can get as big as cannibal corpse as a death metal band. But unless you are doing something outside of the norm and usually, you know, people, you know, we exist in a, in a small, pretty bubble of underground music and extreme mm-hmm. music. Um, but to the normal person, if the vocals are not sung vocals, they, as soon as, soon as they hear like death metal vocals or like screaming vocals or whatever it is, they're like, Oh, turn it off. Yep. You know? So you're definitely not going to get on the radio. <laughs> no, if you don't have not active either. rock. So, yeah. So there's definitely a lower, a, a much lower ceiling for, for bands like us. And, um, but you know, who knows, you know, things are, I don't think it's going to be in a major, like, I don't think we're going to, I don't think there's going to be a bigger metal band than Metallica or even, I would say more modern times like Slipknot, you know, yeah, they were, they were huge, but they weren't even on a major label. I mean, they were on what? Roadrunner, Roadrunner or, uh, which is owned by a major, but not, a, I don't yeah. think at that time, but it's still a subsidiary, they, you know, they have, they have singing parts. Exactly. You know? I mean, they do have very extreme I was never a Slipknot fan as a kid, but I've grown my appreciation for them recently. Like I saw them live uh, just a couple. Oh, they're fun as hell live. Fun as hell live. And it's like they have extreme for being as big as a band that they are. They have really extreme parts, you know, like blast beats and stuff, you know, there's like death metal parts in it. So I think it's I've definitely respect them and I've become a fan in recent times just oh, yeah. because I look at it like, oh. They got blast like, beats on the radio. Yeah, exactly. Like, respect to that, if if nothing else. But the whole package, how they brand their band, and um, they just it's just like a whole... They're a monster. It's like yep. a huge monster. So that's a, that's kind of another ceiling or kind of like... Like I talked about Cannibal Corpse being the top of the mountain. I think for extreme metal that has a little bit of a crossover appeal like slipknot is you know the poster boys for that but um you know the stadium death metal thing for us was kind of just again maybe me kind of being a smart ass yeah for in, sure uh, interviews and stuff and it was kind of our, our credo for when we were doing the record because yeah. we are influenced by that era of of death metal bands that were like quote unquote the sellout years you know whether it's Heart work, yeah, or um, any of the any of that era that were the death metal bands and they kind Napalm of death, fear, emptiness, through. despair, like, yeah, that's a good like domination, yeah, or like obituary world demise, yeah, where they were even like in tomb Wolverine Blues, where they were toying a little bit with more like kind of um, standard or or more rock or pop song structures. Yeah. And that's something that's always influenced us. So that was when we did Deserted, we're like, this is stadium death metal, which is kind of a joke. It's tongue in cheek. It's kind um, of a playoff, like how people call like tragedy or from Ashes Rise, like stadium crust, exactly. right? Yeah, that's actually, I think that that's actually where I like got it from. Which is so uh, funny because I don't know, I, that's still pretty raw, man. Like stadium yeah. crust. I get it because it's like epic sounding and building and stuff, yeah. but it's just so funny how people have to kind of like give a, you know, they'll compliment it, but they'll, it's like a backhanded compliment, you know? It's like, yeah. Pfft, all right. Well, well, that's the thing that, like, I've I've kind of embraced where people do say things like a backhanded compliment, and I feel like if you just own it, yeah. you're just, like, it's no longer it is. Same with, like, the poser license plate. I'm like, just own it, you know? Yeah. If, if people want to say whatever it is, and that's kind of, like, my... That's kind of my... Uh, my way of thinking on a lot of things. So we'll see what, what, the, what our next... Uh, what our next fake genre that we tag or the next gate creeper record is. Um, I've been, I've been saying that people, uh, you know, getting ready for people to like on our new record of saying, 
oh, they're they're not a real grind band or whatever. Oh my god, um, false grind. Yeah, false grind. Death false like grind. A funny, a funny one that I think is is uh, I've heard before is Scion grind. Right? Do you remember the Scion? Dude, era Scion band? Rock Festival was sick. Yeah. <laughs> But people got hated on for that. People got hated on for playing that. You know, Magruder Grind got hated on for doing like a a record Scion on Scion Records EP or something. So, if anybody is uh, was hating on it, like, yeah, we just it's Scion Grind. <laughs> I like that. I think I remember there was a show. I think it was Skeleton Witch and Black Breath in Seattle, and I remember they were handing out free Scion socks. At the end, I was yeah. like, that was weird. But hey, I got some free socks. And hey, my friends, uh, you know, Zabalba got to play uh, a Scion show with like some huge and, uh, you know, bands. I never got to go to them, but they said it was awesome. So, hey, man. Yeah. I you, heard nothing but good things about the fest, all the free shows. Like, bands got paid. People got to go to the shows for free. Like, what's the problem? What like, was that, the by the way? There? What was that? Was there just some guy who obviously some rad dude worked in the marketing and was like, hey, let's take this small, crazy, uh, like small fraction of an amount of like like a decibel point of how much you would spend on marketing. And it's like a, an insane amount of money for us. But he he's like, hey, let's just do this small thing. And like what people didn't notice or something like how did that happen? We, I feel like there needs to be like some kind of decibel, uh, like in-depth story about like the 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 history of that and how that happened. I, I mean, I would like to know that too. I think <laughs> I know. I think I have a little bit of insider scoop on it. I think oh. that the one of the people that was involved with that is also one of the people that uh, does a lot of the metal stuff for Adult Swim. Oh, that would make sense. And I think maybe there's some sort of um, correlation with the, some of the people that used to book the Scion Fest and maybe Psycho Las Vegas now. I'm not sure. Okay. But I think it was just one of those cases of like somebody in somebody in the right position was like, hey, let's because the same could be said with Adult Swim. Like that's yeah. like a huge thing, and they put sick know, bands, dying fetus, yeah. in like a playing in a fishbowl. You know, um, so I think it just takes the right person in the right position to be like, hey, there's all these people. I don't know if they sold more scions because of it. Probably not because they went out um, of business. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows if it was in a business standpoint, if it was worth it for them. But like you said, it's such a small amount of money compared to, you know, what these companies have. That exactly. I, I always think it's really cool if they somehow put it into something cool, whether even if it's not metal or whatever, put it into something artistic. I mean, Red Bull, Red Bull had the Red Bull uh, Music Academy that they would yeah. do stuff like that, too. Usually a little bit more experimental, but... Um, My friend's band got to do uh, a free recording uh, in Brooklyn for Converse Rubber Tracks. Yeah, there so, you go. Um, it's just cool. Uh, so, uh, shout out give to... free money. And if you, wanna, uh, if you have a big company and you want to give us money to do something cool, we'll do it. I remember Trash Talk was like, they had like a sponsorship with Nike or Vans or something. Like, it's pretty rad to see, so... Um, all right. So I know you're someone who likes all kinds of music. What is your big four of nineties rap? Nineties rap. Hmm. I mean, definitely my music, my taste has changed in rap. Okay. I was younger, but off the top of my head, I would have to go with, uh, Nas Illmatic, uh, souls of mischief, 93 till infinity. Um, eight ball MJG coming out hard, and nice. I'd, if I had to pick a UGK album, um, because I need to throw some some Texas love in there. Yeah. Um, I'll say Riding Dirty. Nice. Yeah. I'm not sure that came out in the nineties. Um, I'd have to check on that, but um. Hmm. Maybe maybe uh Outcast uh Quemini. Yeah. That's a classic. I don't know. I mean it, there's so many good ones. It, it shouldn't even have to do with Big Four, yeah. Yeah, maybe 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 instead of all that, I'll just put ready to die in there just to play it safe. There you go. For <laughs> me for me personally, and it's like such a like random album, but it hit me and so and I was way too young to be listening to music like this, but Brother Lynch hung season of the sickness. Okay. Uh 
I really shouldn't have been listening to music like that at nine years old, but I knew every lyric. And I guess that kind of describes why I am the way I am now. But (laughs) that is uh, a classic for me. And then uh, E-40 in a major way. There we go. Yeah. There we go. I just looked it up. Right and Dirty did come out in the 90s. There you go. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to. uh, I didn't want to be inaccurate. So you didn't want to be a poser. I I (laughs) fact-checked it. Uh, okay, so uh, last couple questions here for you. Uh, what is a trend in underground music you'd like to see end? And what's a trend in underground music you'd like to see come back? Hmm. Um, I think a trend in underground music that I would like to see end is one of the things that we went against for our this record and doing a surprise. Like I think that maybe the business model of, of labels or how music is released is a little bit outdated. Okay. Um, you know, like typically we do the, the three month rollout. Yeah. It's so you're announcing your records coming out three months before it comes out. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the things that I've just noticed that especially in the last year be like oh man i've been seeing this record you know being posted about for six weeks and it's still not out yet i'm already over it yeah you know like i'm i'm already over it. it's not even out yet so that's that was one of the reasons that i wanted to do something differently so i would say um how albums are released or how music is released i think that is needs an update you know um i would like to see that change and uh Cause I feel like maybe metal or underground is underground metal is like clinging on to kind of old ways or, or things that have worked out in the past, but I feel like things could like be shaken up a little bit. Um, things that would come back, I think, and they are on their way with, you know, vinyl made it made, has made a resurgence. It's been a while now, but um, I like physical media stuff you know like you know i book shows at home and uh or i did and you know i would still like to make a cool flyer for my own shows yeah i like to print flyers out and bring it to a show but you know like you go to a show now and you or hypothetically when shows are happening right now um and you're passing out a flyer people are like what are you handing me yeah what is this this piece of paper yeah just post about it on facebook man (laughs) but just physical stuff, you know, like posters. I yeah. always like getting not only just the music, you know, records, CDs, tapes, or whatever, but posters. Flyers, I still have all my old flyers from old hardcore shows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that stuff's cool to have. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's, I mean, because you're like, you know, we're in the same generation, and mm-hmm. we, you know, remember the times before everything was solely digital. Yep. Um. And we have an appreciation for that, but I think that there, for the younger generations, there's kind of a uh, there's a gap or just a lack of appreciation for having things that you can hold. Yeah, you know, because um, I like to collect old stuff. You know, like I have a bunch of uh, you can see behind me, like posters, promo and, posters, and- um, yeah, flyers, whatever it is. So I, I would like to see that make a comeback and an emphasis on, you know. Firma or whatever you want to call it, you know. Nice, dude. All right, so my last question for you, man. What is your favorite Northwest band of all time? Favorite Northwest. Band. So it could be Seattle or Portland area. Yeah. Elliot Smith. Oh, nice. Okay, Elliot Smith. Does that yeah. count? Yeah, absolutely, man. He was Portland. <laughs> played a lot of Seattle shows. I wasn't expecting that one, but absolutely, man. What a what a heavy heavy like not music heavy but like heavy like lyrically poetically just what an insane musician and i think the first time uh i really got into elliot smith was from the royal royal tenenbaums movie yeah Um, same needle in the hay when he's uh when he's shaving yeah so yeah r.i.p elliot smith so all right uh chase uh what's the best way to support gate creeper during this time when we can't you know go out to a show and see you guys um buy our record buy our merch from uh you know we have a whole we have a holy mountain printing merch store yeah shout out holy uh, we mountain work really closely with them and you know you can get our merch from some stuff through closed casket too um, with our record and we have a european store if you're listening from europe we have a store through evil greed um 
that you can get things shipped straight from Europe. So you don't have to pay crazy shipping and, um, yeah, just listening. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I just want people to hear the music. Yeah. You can, you, you know, we're not able to play shows and, um, support our band financially that way. But if you can buy it and if you can't, you know, just, just listen to it at the very least, you know, spread the word. If you can't buy it, listen to it and, and send a, a link to 10 of your friends. There I you like go. that. That's awesome, man. Uh, maybe start a blog spot and, and, and put, yeah, wait. exactly. No, don't, I didn't say that. Uh, Chase, <laughs> thank you so much, man, for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And it's always good to talk to you. Uh, and, and I'll talk to you soon, man. Cool, man. Thank you. Thank you. This has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.